T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joining us now, courtesy of X-Tech, former Baltimore Ravens head coach. We're not going to hold him. We're not going to hold them up on that one, all right? It's been a while. Uh, also, uh, Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billick joins us now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Coach, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? Yeah, you got. I, I'm one of your own now. I, li- I live in Ohio now, so I'm, I'm, I'm all browned and bengaled up, man. I didn't know you lived it. Where did you uh, end up? Uh, whereabouts? In, in, in Columbus. My grandkids are here, and my, my uh, daughter uh, was down here. My youngest daughter graduated from Ohio State. I was actually born in Ohio. I did so, not uh, know I'm, this. I'm, I'm Ohio'd up. Yes, sir. OH. Well, Ohio. Well, I will tell you, if you ever get over to East 4th in Columbus, there's a barcade and there's a little greasy spoon over there. And uh, thank me later. It's, it's some of the uh, you're gonna, I'll do it. best calamari I've ever had. That's a real thing. Uh, coach, let's, let's start maybe with Deshaun Watson. In terms of the rust factor, how much weight should we put into the performance over the final five games versus what we saw uh, maybe against the Texans last week. Well, you've got you can't you can't just think that Deshaun Watson with the time off that he has had to just step in. I mean, you can you can work out, you can train, you can get all the practice you want, but until you're actually on the field and get into that rhythm, I mean, we start the season every year, right? And talk about how the quarterback and these are guys that had full training camps, maybe had some live snaps during preseason. Um, and and how you know it just it just takes a certain rhythm. Your your body's got to get into a rhythm in terms of taking the hits and seeing things and sorting through it. And Sean Watson's an outstanding player. Make no mistake, I, I'm a huge Sean Watson fan in terms of what he does on the field. So, but it's a natural progression, obviously. And you can't dismiss. You know, it's always hard to evaluate a quarterback from what's going on around him. Obviously, they ran the ball very well against the Texans, and they're going to want to repeat that against uh, Cincinnati if for no other reason to grind down some of the clock and limit some of the possessions for Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati offense. Brian, we talked a lot, and and Deshaun actually talked about he he felt like some of the stuff from the the Texans game was also mechanics. Uh, That, you know, that scares me um, just because, you know, when one thing goes wrong, it can kind of become this snowball effect. In terms of of working on a, a quarterback's mechanics in season after coming off a almost two year layoff, how how big of a challenge is that? And you know, is 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 it more of an easy solution? Am I just a scaredy cat? No, I, I I think you have to recognize that because this is a new offense, it's, it's new verbiage, it's new people. That's the other thing. You can get out and practice all you want and, and throw all the routes you want to it. Amari Cooper and Kareem Hunt. And, People's Jones and that whole group, 
but until you do it in a live game situation, it just takes reps. Uh, and and he hasn't had that yet, and he will. And the more he plays, the more comfortable he gets, uh, the better I think he'll start to look. So again, now there's no there's no question. Deshaun Watson's a player now, and there's no question that time off is a factor. But it's not like it's those talents and those abilities have gone away forever just because he had this time off. It it will come back. Brian Billick, former NFL head coach, long time, now Columbus resident, I should say, on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline, uh, breaking down the finer points of quarterback play here. I do want to get into this kind of, I don't know if it's a myth, but this kind of idea that the Browns, having beaten the Bengals so often, they're uh, they're six and one against Zach Taylor uh, as head coach in in Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Burrow's never beaten the Cleveland Browns in in your time in the NFL. Did you were there moments where like you were part of a team that felt like they owned another team and that that became like a real advantage? Well, they'll, they'll, no team will tell you that they they buy into that. They'll say no, no, and a lot of and a lot of it's true because a lot of the players that are there right now weren't a part of those previous losses, so that's it's not a part of their consciousness. Um, it's not an issue until it's an issue until you you get in the game and all of a sudden can you weather that storm and maybe things aren't going good. Then then that's when that idea that thought that you've heard all week long that, okay, you can't beat this team and they've got your number and this, that, and the other, you know, you saw it last week with Kansas city and Cincinnati who's beaten Kansas city regularly. Now it's no, it's not an issue. They don't think of it that way, but you can't tell me, but when it got into a critical situation at a critical time in the game, that it didn't occur to them. And so, yeah, that, that is real, but I imagine the Cincinnati players are feeling very good about themselves right now. They're going to like the matchup. And uh, so the challenge is going to be when that proverbial storm hits. And I know it does in every game uh, that, okay, how are you going to be able to hold off some of those negative thoughts or is that stuff going to come cascading in? All right, Brian, I'm asking you this because you, you were the Ravens for so long. They've got a great reputation as an analytically based organization. Uh, it's been interesting to me as an observer of the Browns, somebody who grew up a, a fan of the Browns, to hear people question here locally whether the Browns are too analytically driven whether analytics are truly helping serving the purpose of winning so do you think that a team can be too analytically focused sure yeah you that you weight the analytics too heavily the analytics are a tool and it needs to be a balance with your institutional knowledge your collective experiences uh, and how you use it and so there's no question the, uh, the analytics can be helpful but if you are over reliant on it, then then yeah, then you got a problem. Uh, and I don't know that the, the Browns in that case. Obviously, back uh, uh, back earlier when they first got cranked up, and they were going to be the gurus, you know, and they had uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill running the organization, and that was you know they were going to moneyball it and do all those types of things. Um, but there's more. There, there's got to be more of a balance now, and I can't imagine they don't have that balance. That, uh, um, that that they use it in a proper way because it's just that. It's a tool. So how much of that is internal dialogue? or Because like, I'm, I'm always curious about, you know, there have been some people wondering, well, how much power does Kevin Stefanski really have if Paul D. Podesta, in this case Jonah Hill, Paul D. Podesta has a say in analytics and decisions, and then you've got a GM as well, and then a full-fledged analytics department like, what, are, what internally, what does that ebb and flow and give and take look like? 
Well, you can organizationally, whether it comes to evaluating personnel or creating your game plans, and there's that constant dialogue uh, when you do that. But but at the end of the day, you talk about how much say this Coach Stefanski has. He has 100% say because he's the one calling the play. So when he's making those calls on game day, certainly the analytics are going to be a factor, and he'll use his game sheet, and this is the way we thought it was going to be, and this is the sequencing that we're going to do. But when it comes down to critical situations, you're going to make that call based on your best judgment, your best institutional knowledge, your best gut, for lack of a, a, a better term, your gut feeling as to what you should do and how much the analytics should play. It doesn't matter what the president or the owner or the uh, GM or what the analytics guys say. If you're the one calling the plays, you're going to have the final say as to, okay, do I take this into a factor or do I do something else because I just might – my experience says we should do this. You know, this kind of leads me into a play calling question. And I've started to notice that, you know, we've got like the Shanahan's and we've got the McDaniel and we've got uh, now Kevin Stefanski, obviously these guys who are, are kind of balancing being a play caller in, in a head coach. And you're somebody that, you know, your play calling in Minnesota is one of the, the big things that, that led you to the opportunity with Baltimore do you look at um, do you do you look at a head coach that calls his own play? Is that too much for one guy? No, no, and I can make a case either way as to whether a head coach should do that or whether they should defer it. The, the 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 most guys, as good as they are, at the end of the day, will defer that to somebody else because the key is your experiences and how do you. How do you balance the other demands of the job? If you're the head coach and the coordinator making the play calls, yeah, you can orchestrate that. There's a number of guys that do that, but it has to be orchestrated. I always call it the 3 a.m. rule. You know, when you wake up at 3 a.m., like at least guys my age, we do every night, right? What are you thinking about? If you're thinking about, well, is the fullback going to be in the flat or I'm going to run this route at 12 or 14 yards, then, then, then yeah, you're, that, that's your priority. Who's waking up at 3 a.m. thinking about, well, what about personnel? What about structure? What about the other issues, the cat, you know, the other things that go on that have to be addressed, uh, game situations? Um, so, yeah, that can be deferred, and you can set up a structure for that, but you've got to have a very firm and well-established rhythm as to, okay, who do I rely on when these other decisions need to be made, and how is that structure set up? Brian Billick on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, so I want to also get into Baker Mayfield, who who had the game winning drive last night for the uh, the L.A. Rams two days after uh, being claimed on waivers. I just uh, I'm I think I I think I'm just fascinated by Baker and where he goes from here. Do you still think Baker can be a good starting quarterback in the NFL? Sure. Sure he can. You know, the, what, what, where we see Baker Mayfield, I think, is, yes, on a, a team and you can run the ball, you can stay orchestrated and keep the pitch count right. Um, Baker Mayfield reminds me a little of Vinny Testaverde, who I have great admiration for and was a great player. If you can keep, if you can keep Vinny and Baker Mayfield on a 25-30 pitch count, you, you, you have a chance of getting a really good you know, day you know, a three touchdown, 250, 300 yards a day. You put him in a 40, 45 game pitch count now, and you could equally on a short pitch count could get a bad day. Okay. That happens, but you, you got to throw the ball 40, 45 times. You're going to get all of Baker Mayfield. You're going to get all of any Testaverde, which means probably three touchdowns and as many interceptions. 
And so that's the challenge for Baker Mayfield. Going, They did a great job, obviously, on a short period of time in terms of wrapping around him uh, and what they were able to do. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's a great story. And the fact that he was able to pick it up. The good thing for Baker Mayfield right now, and the, and the Browns fans have lived it, when, when the season's kind of over, like when Baker first got his chance, and so he was playing on house money and could be that three-wheeling gunslinger that he likes to be because it's like, okay, so if I throw in another reception, what are we going to do, lose another game? You know, who cares? Then he can be pretty good. He can fling that thing around. It's when, okay, when it, now it really counts, and now the pressure's on. And, and now you got to be that guy because the defense isn't holding up, and i got to be that 45-pitch count guy. That, that's when you send, tend to see it break down a little bit. All right, Brian, to the quarterback picture at large in the NFL, this offseason there was so much talk about Mahomes. People called Pat Mahomes overrated. Um, other people saying they would take other quarterbacks over him. Are there any quarterbacks in the NFL right now? If I were to say I've got a new expansion franchise in the city of Columbus, you are my, uh, you are my head coach and GM, and you get to pick any quarterback in the NFL. Are there any quarterbacks in the NFL you'd take over Mahomes right now? Wow. You know, that's, that, that, that's always a tough one. Um, as my, you know, when you're talking Mahomes, you're talking Josh Allen, you're talking Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty rarefied air. And, and to pick one, as Ozzie Newsom would say, well, I don't know that I'd pick one, but I'll tell you this. They all live on the same cul-de-sac. <laughs> the, these, guys, these guys are pretty good. Joe Burrow, what he did the other night was just spectacular that third and 11 or third and 12 or fourth and 12 against Cincinnati to win the game, basically, because you give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. That's how good Patrick Mahomes is. He'd have gone the length of the field and probably scored and you'd have lost. Um, but to make the throws that he did. So those, those guys are in rare air and they're, they're pretty darn good. Patrick Mahomes is just so unique in what he's able to do. But Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, we're, we're pretty deep and really, really good quarterback play right now in the NFL. And those three right there, I'd, I'd, I'd have given, you know, a, of King's ransom to have an opportunity to start with any one of those three guys. Coach, you've been so generous with your time here. I know you're, you've joined us courtesy of X-Tech pads here. So what can you tell us about uh, the pads and, and their future? Well, it's been great. I've been a part of them since the, the beginning. And, and uh, when they were selling it basically out of the back of a van, and now it's the number one pad in professional football, number one pad in major colleges like USC, Oklahoma, Auburn, Ohio State. And the great thing is to watch now he's evolved down into the high schools, the great high school programs, whether it's Modern Day, Westlake, Bishop Gorman, Southlake Carroll, I mean, around the country and into all high schools now. Parents have gotten involved. They recognize, okay, there is a difference. These are the best pads in the, in the market. In the old day, it was simple. Big guys got big pads, little guy got little pads. But now it's the pads are, are basically form-fitted to your, your, your age, your height, your weight, your position, your injury history. Um, you know, we, the, 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 uh, rib protectors that we put Josh Herbert in. And I mean, it's the best pad and it's what our young people need to be to have the best protection in the game. That's why parents need to go to X tech pads to make sure if you got young people playing football, they're in the best pad available. Brian, it's great to hear from you. Always love, uh, hearing how your mind works and, uh, happy to hear you in Columbus as well. Uh, OH. OHIO, you got it. Good man. Brian Billick there. It's interesting that. If you hear what he's saying, that's what you would say, and that's how you would handle a quarterback that isn't that good. Like that, like seriously, like that's the whole point when we went into Cincinnati was, uh, well, you got to run the ball and you got to limit Joe Burrow's possession because you don't want him getting into rhythm and you don't want him taking over that game. 
and you were able to do that, and you were able to win because of it. I still haven't given up on the idea that Deshaun Watson could be really, really good in this game. I don't know what really, really good means if we start at the baseline of last week, but I continue to neither lean optimistic or pessimistic about Deshaun Watson's abilities uh, and, and how quickly he can look completely different than the week he, the way he looked last week. I also wanted to play something. I was listening to the morning show today, and I don't know if somebody did something to uh, former Browns executive Mike Lombardi's Wheaties. And I got to say, if you guys haven't been on the GM Shuffle podcast, if you guys haven't heard that, it's actually one of my favorite podcasts. I think Mike is great. And I, like, he, I think Mike is so damn good in the media. But this morning, it was wild. He seemed to have an axe to grind with Baker Mayfield. He was kind of negative about that. And then when the topic came up about the Browns and analytics and Kevin Stefanski's coaching, kind of went in on that too. I get frustrated. I, you know, there's some of the decisions he makes that are just perplexing to me. I mean, you know, the San Diego game where he goes for it on fourth, at fourth and inches at his own 25. Like, what is the advantage if we get the first down here? We get three more plays? Like, there's some things he does that I just don't understand. Now, you know, that's the pride of the Browns, the analytic department led by Ken Kovash. I mean, you know, like, seriously, this is what we're going to do? Fourth and one from our own 25? Like, what do we get out of that? Three more plays? So he might have to punt anyway? I don't get it. And I I think certainly when you watch the Browns, their first drives of the game are always very good. Their game plan drives are really good. They come out, they usually score right away. They have a good second drive, but then things tend to wilt away a little bit. And I think a lot of that is because you get so caught up looking at your play sheet. And Kevin's a smart guy and Kevin's a good play caller, but I think he would be better if he took a step back and watched the game and try to adjust the game through someone else. I think we've missed that in the National Football League. We don't have that anymore. We used to have head coaches that could do that, but we now have guys that spend most of their day just looking down at this play sheet and the game in front of them is a different game and they're not playing to it. Analytics is really important, right? It's really important. But what's happened in thousands of games doesn't apply to the game you're playing. If you're not in control of the game, see, this is what I think fans don't understand. There's two things to look at in every football game. Who's in control and who's in the lead? And analytics applies to that. And if you're not in control of the game and you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, you're just going to get blown out. So... That's like the fifth time I've listened to that clip because I listened to it a few times. So I listened to it live. I listened to, I re-listened to the interview driving in and then I listened a few times because we had cut that up. I got to be honest with you. I don't think that's about Kevin Stefanski all that much. I actually think this is Mike Lombardi going a little bit get off my lawn with modern day football because he clearly has a problem with head coaches calling the plays, which... Honestly, I don't get, and he clearly has a problem with analytics taking over football. Now, this one, did, that the Browns thing did feel, called the analytics department the pride of the Browns, that one did feel a little bit personal because he, he, he put uh, Ken Kovash's name on it. By the way, Ken is very well thought of in the NFL landscape. I have heard that multiple teams have tried to poach him from the Browns and that he has stayed. So don't know what that's about. Maybe that's an old wound from 2013 talking, but I just, what I fundamentally don't get is bashing the impact of analytics. I do think that there are coaches who probably go too heavy on it. Um, I think that's been a knock on Brandon Staley, Cleveland's own in LA. 
I don't watch the Chargers enough to know that. Um, I think if I, I think the idea that he's lost them games because he goes forward on fourth down too much, I think that's stupid. I think that is a organizational decision put together by the coach and the the uh, analytics group, and it's a philosophy, right? I don't think philosophy loses you a lot of games. I think X's and O's lose you a lot of games. I think individual decisions when you make those decisions in time, but like going forward on fourth down, there's usually a sheet, and that sheet is predetermined by the coaches and by analytics. So maybe they could, I don't know, change their guidepost on that. Well, we only go on on a fourth and two, but not on fourth and three. Maybe that's an organizational thing. And it just felt like Mike doesn't like analytics and Mike doesn't like play calling or head coaches that call their own plays. But it did kind of open a can of worms because I also heard Daryl Ryder on this station uh, talk about the Browns being awarded the uh, the ESPN survey. They called them the most analytically uh, inclined organization in the NFL. Daryl, the Browns won the annual analytical survey. <laughs> Yeah, I hope they. Mean? I hope they get a banner to hang because it's so the bad. only banner they've been able to hang in forty so years. So, what do you think of that, though? Other people around the league seem to think highly of their analytical approach, or just that they do it better than anybody else. Uh, what do you think that means? Uh, they're fourteen and sixteen the last two years. That's what it means. It's not helping them win games. So, I great. They're trying to outsmart everyone, and they're not outsmarting anyone. And the guy that's the standard, Bill Belichick, has embarrassed them twice in two years. Yeah, I think that's a convenient framing of it. By the way, Bill Belichick uh, is is a keen user of analytics. He'll never admit to it, but he had Ernie Adams work on his staff for 40 years, and all Ernie did was special projects that involved things like analytics, when to go for it on fourth down, um, what kind of defenses struggled against this, that, and the other. Like That was Ernie Adams' job. I don't get it. I, I specifically don't get the the idea of it's not helping um this seems like a half-assed defense of it we don't know what the browns record would be without analytics and the whole idea that you know the browns should be mocked listen if you want to mock the browns for losing that's fair if you want to mock the browns for uh i don't know uh being a drama pit in a vast hellscape of just crappy football, totally get it. You want to mock the Haslam's for being really just not up to snuff as owners for most of their tenure here. Totally get it. You want to mock them for hiring family members and turning it into pilot flying J 2.0. That okay. But is analytics really the Browns problem? Because that's not a Kevin Stefanski problem. That is an organizational focus. And by the way, that department that Mike Lombardi took a big shot at, um, Mike actually had a hand in building that. Uh, I, I actually believe it's one of the big Haslam edicts was, was making this organization building out an analytical arm. I believe that that started right around 2013, 2012, when Jimmy Haslam uh, began with the organization. I could be wrong on that. But it's weird that Mike Mike Lombardi had something to say about it. But I'll ask you guys, 216-578-0092. Are analytics helping or hurting the Browns? I don't think it's either. I think it's an organization trying not to be a bad organization. 
an organization in transition, an organization that I think has made things better but still isn't quite good enough, I don't think that has anything to do with analytics. Maybe how certain people use those analytics, they could do it better. But firing Kevin Stefanski wouldn't change that. Bringing in a different head coach wouldn't change that. It just feels like something to punch down at when people get a little pissy because the Browns haven't won enough. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.